Hello, dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And welcome to the Course of Course, episode 57, our very first one in 2017. It is here. It has arrived. We have moved forward with these podcasts. I think we're on our third year now. I'll have to double check that. <laughs> exciting. It is kind of exciting. As we're undoing our minds and the world is changing around us. Exactly. I think that's a really good point. The world is changing around us, but I think it's always changing. It it's is. just now that we in the United States have had a changing of the guard in terms of the president. It's been very tumultuous, might not be the exact word, but it's definitely been a bit of a roller coaster with emotions. It is, because I think there's a, the, you know, the, always the ego point of view, which is, this is happening, and they're saying this, and we're afraid that's going to happen, and there's just all this projection of fear. And then with the Holy Spirit side of things, it's like, okay... From that point of view, I can be at peace because I know that none of it's real, and it's just a great example of the ego display. As of the time we are recording this, it's been a day after the inaugural, and I did not watch any coverage. I certainly didn't watch anything live. I did see some snippets in the morning on the news, but that was pretty much it. So some people had their TVs on at work. I did. Pretty much all day Friday. Mm-hmm. I was so busy. My head was down on other stuff. So and I'm sort of glad. I mean, I know it was happening, but I didn't want to get too emotionally invested. It was interesting to hear the president's speech to everyone. And it was a little scary. <laughs> you know, usually those inaugural speeches tend to be very lofty and soaring with their language. It wasn't flowery, really. Hmm. It was more depressing. Well, did you feel after it was done that things are going to be okay? I, it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I do feel like we have to give them a chance. I agree. We have to give Congress a chance. I, I don't think Congress is crazy, but we'll soon find out. And we were talking earlier that clearly this had to be done. This administration had to come in. There's a bigger picture here. And it's possible that in four years it will reset everything. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully... You I know, believe it will. We'll have a bit of a change after that, but who knows? Like you said, we do need to give all of those in power currently a chance. But I think the big news today, anyway, was the massive women's rallies across the world, which made me cry. I was just so touched by them. I love the fact that n- not just women, but men kind of came together, basically. 66 countries. It's amazing. Millions. We've never millions seen this before. Millions. Certainly not in our lifetime. You know, they say in meditation or like even in, I think, the Bible when two or more are gathered. So I was thinking of that today, like just tuning in at the level of the mind, having all of our minds connected and at least just trying to be with equality and love and not so much the fear side of it because I don't have space for fear. Well, this is why I thought it was so special because there were that many people across the world and there really wasn't violence. So I think that showed that people can get together under one cause Mm -hmm. and do it with love and compassion. I just am so honored to be a female in this particular lifetime and watching these ladies kind of take control and say, look, this this is not going to work for me. We're going to get together and see what we can do to make change happen. Like in Iceland, when the men all spent all the money on the stock market and lost everything, the women said, "Uh, we're going to run for office and we're going to take over. And they did. And they were very successful at it. And they brought things back, right? Yeah. I think that was one of Obama's themes is that he's been 
grooming people in his campaign since being a senator, of people that are activists, organizers, on the ground, working with groups who really know what's going on and can then help those people. And hopefully more light-minded people from a loving point of view will run for office. What I find interesting is our ego kind of puts us on one side or another of a cause, right? Or of a situation. And on Twitter, I was amazed by how many people that were, you know, pro-Trump supporters were so anti-Obama. And I never really got that. I, I still can't grasp why he was so hated because I don't, I guess I'm just not seeing any of that. They think they're, they lost their jobs because of him. Right. But if they don't understand, he had nothing to do with them losing their But jobs. I also think there was a, a bit of racism, possibly. Oh, for sure. Which I didn't like at all. And I've said this before on the podcast that, you know, I'm, I'm from a conservative area of the country. You know, I've been a Republican, certainly, and a Democrat. And I understand the mindset, but I do not understand the mindset of the anti-Obama belief system. I... I I guess I'm just missing it mm-hmm. because I can't see it at all. I was just thinking back about that documentary we've been talking about, The 13th, which is on Netflix. I highly recommend to everybody. Um, one thing that happens when you go to jail is you lose your right to vote. There I mean, when you're convicted of a, a felony. Yeah, of a felony. So there's millions and millions of people out there who can't vote. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm not making a judgment. Uh, of generally the same race? Of, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're mostly black people that mm-hmm. are brown people in jail. Mm-hmm. The documentary is really good. I love documentaries that make us think, that are entertaining and yet make us think. And clearly that one has stayed with you. Yes, it has. The whole idea of making a business out of locking people up, creating basically a shitstorm in the media of, you know, there's drugs and there's gangs and there's all this stuff to put a fear so that they could justify rounding people up because they have to keep their quota up in the jails so they can keep their shareholder profits high. It just seems like money should come out of everything. There shouldn't be, it shouldn't be in healthcare. People shouldn't get to make a profit off of healthcare. People need help. You know, our egos are just out of control. Yeah, it's just weird, the whole... Um, the need to dominate, the, the need to, yeah, it's just, this dream is horrid. Well, I've been going internal this last month because it's winter, it's been raining, I can't be in the garden, my back's been out, so, you know, I've been, I mean, it's, it's better, but I do have to stretch every day, and I've been meditating every day, and I've been jamming the course in every day, and remember this book that I had read 25 years ago in grad school called Behaving as if the God in All Life Mattered, and it has to do with nature. And I felt compelled, like, go grab that book. So I did, and I reread it, and I just had this total awakening epiphany that that's where my future is going to be. I'm going to be working with nature intelligences in a co-creative garden, since I do gardening anyway. And it's a way to help heal the planet, and it's a way to heal me. And the way I'm taking it is that it's it's. Holy Spirit talking to me in a language that I relate to. I've always been into nature. I'd love to be able to build that bridge to God where I have that holy instant moment of remembering different lifetimes and working with nature and being able to pull those experiences into what I'm going to be doing. And um, I actually started with the cats at work because one cat, Mama Kitty, who got, you know, on 4th of July, disappeared for two weeks. She has a flea allergy and we've been trying to catch her to get her in. 
for her steroid shot in addition to just being checked out after the coyotes and stuff. And so we haven't been able to get her, whether we gave her a sedative, whether there was a whole bunch of us on weekends. So I started tuning in with the overlighting deva of cats, the overlighting deva of the cats at Fox, and Mama Kitty's energy. And I met a friend there on a Sunday, and we were, our intention was to get her, which, again, I use that word get. That's such a bad word. And it didn't work out. But I, I knew it wasn't going to work out. But I knew that I had started something. So a couple days later, she was inside the bungalow, and I was able to just quietly shut the door, take a sheet. I had the door open to the cage, and I just kind of walked her into the cage, and it was effortless. I wanted her to know that like, if she wanted help, we were there to assist her, to get the help that she needed, that we loved her. She was coming back. There was nothing to fear. And it was out of love. You know? If she didn't want help, that was fine, too. But she would let me know. And she did. I'm like, this stuff works. So then you took her to the vet? Yeah. They gave her the steroid shot. I brought her back. And now she's not itching like a crazy woman. Oh, that's great. on her tail. She's in good shape. Animal energy is so special. I was actually driving home on a very crowded LA highway on Thursday. And as I'm driving, I see in the distance uh, uh, in front of me, a car that was to the side of the road, maybe broken down, I don't know. And the door's open, and then I look, and there's a dog with its collar running on the 405. Yikes. In rush hour traffic. And my whole body just seized, and like, I was so sad because there was nothing I could do. We're going 65 miles an hour. I don't. I didn't see the dog get hit, but it's the owner was trying to get the dog. Why would the owner open the door to let the dog out anyway? Well, I'm sure the dog just got out and they didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Like but to but to me, that would be just so horrible to have your pet and be like helpless. I mean, that dog was just. It didn't know any different. It was just running, you know. Right. But. I mean, the people on the highway couldn't really stop. It was too dangerous for anyone to stop at 65 miles an hour. It was a sudden thing. It wasn't like a slowdown. Right. It was like, oh, something's moving fast. Yeah, it was just like it was bad all the way around, you know? And I thought, well, what should have been done in that situation? Because I know there's so many dog owners and dog lovers that all of us probably saw that and were like so sad for the situation. Right. I had to keep going because I had no choice. So I don't know how it resolved, but right. I can only hope that it resolved okay. <laughs> Hopefully he got over to the safe side of the road. Yeah. It's so sad. Hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know. At that moment, I just felt for that dog so much. Had no idea what was going to happen. I was talking to somebody the other day about Harambe, who was the gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo. You know, in a situation like that, it wasn't the gorilla's fault. It was just being a gorilla, That's right? The with the boy where they shot right. him or something. Uh, Harambe was just doing what he does in his own little home. Right. That's where he lived. His habitat. Yeah, it was something else that came into his environment that caused his death. That's kind of, that's a good story in that that's, what these books are telling me is that humanity's kind of come into nature and we're destroying it, whether it's taking out all the gasoline or the air pollution or the animals, you know. There's a lot of displaced animals because of all the construction happening in big cities and things. One of the days of the congressional, not congressional hearings, I guess they were, for the new cabinet, they were 
I guess they were interviewing the woman who would be the Secretary of Education. And ironically, she said that she would support guns in schools because of bears. Did you hear that yeah, passage? I did. I did. That was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. I was like, well, bears deserve to live. <laughs> she also wants to cut all the funding, all the federal funding to the schools. To public Public, public education, school. right? Yeah, or charter, like any kind of school. And her oh, rationale but. is what? She wants everybody to be homeschooled? She wants it to be a private business. That's the whole model for them, is they want to make businesses out of everything. Well, then ch aren't charter schools uh, privatized, though? They get a lot of kickbacks from the federal government. Oh, they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So now they would be completely, like, business run. Mm-hmm. They are a business anyways, but yeah. Well, that's true. And in one of my real estate podcasts, they were talking about the student loan bubble. They were saying seven years out from graduation. So they would have graduated, what, like 2010, essentially. They said that one in four haven't paid anything, not even $1 on the student loan. Wow. And more, a few more than that have defaulted already. And they basically said, when you think about it, this is a swath of the population who are in their late 20s now who would naturally start buying a home. And now they can't and they wouldn't qualify because either their debt ratio is too high or the credit rating has been ruined. And that student loan debt is ballooning to the point where that's, that's definitely the next bubble and they feel like it's going to bust this year or next year. And if the student loan bubble busts, that's going to affect pretty much everything. It's because as bad as the real estate. Correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's important to always keep that in mind that when we see the stock market going up, that doesn't necessarily mean good things. Mm -hmm. From a, I don't know, a, a cursory knowledge of the stock market, I think people think, oh, wow, it's green and it's got an up arrow, so everything's great. But if you really understand a little more, then you go, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> this, this isn't what we think it is. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see in the next year or so how people are handling what's going on around us economically. We went through it in 2008, and I got to say, thank goodness Obama was there. Because even though there were some complaints about the banks and certainly those CEOs that were sort of responsible for some of this stuff, really yep. did not get the punishment they deserved. We and were walked away with millions. And walked away with millions. We were at least able to get through the crisis. So I think those in the know, certainly the real estate sector, believe this is going to happen. They're basically saying it'll be interesting to see how Donald Trump handles it because he understands, if there's any sector he understands, it's real estate. Mm -hmm. It's the one area. So we'll see how that unfolds. Well, if the school loan bubble pops, then that could become a whole worldwide issue because... I think that's like billions of dollars, right? It's Correct. It's going to have an impact. No, it's definitely going to have an impact. But, you know, it's also that percentage of people who are not going to be able to afford a new car. So it's going to affect the, the car industry. You know, they're not going to be able to get a house. Has their own balloon loan scam going on now. Right. That was the story on John Oliver. I did hear that one of the ways in 2000, I don't know, during the real estate craziness, let's just say 2004 to 2006 or seven, when people were able to get home loans without any kind of qualification. They put their dog's name on the application. Yeah, it was like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. One of the ways that they're getting around it now, and they said it really started to show up last year, was that they are tweaking credit ratings mm. 
to allow people who wouldn't normally be able to get a home loan to get one. So it's like they're looking at, I, I find greed so fascinating. It is. And, and just creative financing and these people figuring stuff out, like how to get around the system. So that's what they're doing right now. And they said that it, it really started to like show up in the beginning of 2016 and now it's kind of like in full force. So once you start looking at, we're probably not in that sector, but if you're, let's just say your credit rating is like 600, 610, you're actually starting to see it creep up because they've tweaked these models to allow them mm. to, for the model to ignore things, mm-hmm. ignore 30-day lates and other mm. payment stuff. Mm. I always remember there was like one score, but now they have like a score if you want to buy a boat, a score if you want to buy a home, yeah. a score if you want to buy a car, a score if you want to get a credit card. They have all these different ways of scoring you now which I had no idea existed. Yeah, because different sectors um, will pay these rating agencies. And now it's another way for the score rating agencies to make more money. Yep. Again, all part of that greed, <laughs> that corporate greed. Yeah, and I think they came out with something saying that something like 6% of all Americans own more money than the rest of the 94% or something. It was like really out of whack. I heard something that the new cabinet that's coming in, all of them combined, have more money amongst those like 10 people than like the first 31% of the whole population of the United States. That's astounding. So they're not exactly in touch with with America. No. We're still such a a strongly capitalist society. and Well, we'll see about the jobs. I mean, that's what they say they're going to do is create jobs. We need jobs. The so. thing is, I think Obama did a, a phenomenal job with creating jobs, but I don't know if that was really kind of pushed or publicized. or. Well, unemployment's the lowest it's been in since whenever, so... I mean, something. <laughs> yeah. Trump has said, you know, there's some jobs that he brought or saved or whatever, but a couple hundred jobs are not enough to move any needle. I mean, we need to see thousands of jobs created. Yeah, it's a, it's got to be a paradigm shift. That's why I think this is the end of an era. Like, we can do things a different way, and I think there's enough younger people coming up that all these gray-haired guys that were born in 1910 or whatever are going to be merging on, and a new thought system will come in place. And I want to be a part of that. You know, through like a spiritual level, trying to have God extend through me and using this body Stephanie in some way to not only wake up myself and, of course, wake up the whole oneness of the Son of Man or Son of God, but like help everybody. You were talking about, you know, there's a new generation coming up. Mm -hmm. And I have two younger people who are now working for me who I find endlessly fascinating slightly maddening at times you know it's that clash of youth <laughs> but I I was traveling to Denver for business and I, I met one of them a lovely chap but he made this comment to him it was like no big deal right <laughs> he was showing me something and he handed his phone to me and he said well do you know how to work Instagram and I thought oh no <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like a hundred and <laughs> yeah, I know that it's almost like he, because of his worldview is so small, thought perhaps that his generation invented computers or something. I thought, yeah, I, I kind of know about all this. Doesn't everybody? I just thought, it, you know, we all go through these periods where we think we know everything. I know. Goodness knows I know I have. But that was like really striking to me. And it stayed with me for a couple of days. I'm like, of course I know what 
Instagram is. <laughs> really? I know what it is, but I don't I don't have an account, so I'm not familiar to know how to operate it, but Oh, you just uh There's click. People and pictures. You just touch it. Okay. Just like most things, you okay. know. That's why I thought it was really, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought was really interesting. It's like, okay, kid, we had to do things that were more complex than just touching an app on a phone. Back you in know? the day. Back in the day. Yeah, those shift, F stop, 10. The whole thing. Delete. It's like, I hated yeah. that stuff. Oh, it's like Emma's DOS. And, yeah. I was so glad when Apple came out. I've been an Apple girl since day one. Let me just push it like a monkey. <laughs> mm. Mm. Anyway, speaking of youth, I mm-hmm. just—it's it, fascinating being around them because of their worldview, and you know they grew up around technology that was basically at their fingertips. The advantage I think we've had is we watched it come in, so we knew what it was like without it, without cell phones, right? Ah. And then the transition to them. But if we just grew up in it, you know, we wouldn't have any knowledge of how that came to be or the journey of it. Right. Like today, when I was checking out at the co-op, the checker said to the bagger, oh, you should watch this show on Netflix or whatever it was, Bonnie and Clyde. And the kid was like, what's Bonnie and Clyde? She's like, you don't know what Bonnie and Clyde is? It is like, we'll be in a meeting or whatever, and someone will say something. And they'll be like, what's that? And everybody's like looking at each other like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> it happens with every generation, but. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember being that young anymore. <laughs> I do remember being, you know, maybe my first or second job in a corporate environment and being very respectful and quiet and listening. And, and this generation is not like that. They're very ballsy. It's very, ego. very much. It's ego, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was told that if, um, if they weren't challenged, then it would be a problem. It's like, I would never say something like that. Part of me is really proud that they do. It's like, this is what I want. I'm going to stake my claim and say, you need to challenge me. I do appreciate that. But being on the other side of it, I'm like, what? I don't know about this. So we'll see how this spins out. I think it'll be educational experience for me for sure. Definitely. Little moments to forgive. Correct. I've been trying to practice forgiveness a lot, no matter how big or how small. And I feel like it is coming together. I feel like that whole sentence of, are you going to be hostage to the ego or host to God, really stuck with me. I just, I want to be host to God. You know, I've been struggling with the course lately. And the reason why is I loved Abraham Hicks material. And we had been really into it before we found the course. And one of the things that really appealed to me about it is Abraham, which is the spirit coming through esther hicks would talk about you know the emotional vibration and and reaching for what you want and that whole new age kind of thing the secret talks about this too Mm -hmm. where you put it out there in the universe and you get it back what you put out you get back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the course is more like well you don't really have any power to change anything but you can forgive it it's like well which one of those messages is more pleasant right you know so that's been will something to happen like winning the lottery or getting that promotion like good thoughts will get good things yeah it feels a little more confining to me my ego wants to listen to abe hicks do it then you know oh i know but but that's why it's been a bit of a struggle for me because in my mind it's like well you know the course is basically saying that everything's already happened it's just a film we're playing back i guess i need a little more space there i feel like it's so confining like well you know it's already done just forgive it you know because i want stuff to happen 
Mm-hmm. I want to be able to possibly relocate, and I would like to have it happen now. And it just feels like, all right, well, it's going to happen if it's going to happen, because that's how it's been filmed already. It's just, it's not as exciting to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's slightly been the struggle lately with the course in me. Uh, yeah, I, I know. It's like having ideas of how I think I want things and getting that that's from the ego point of view. And letting every single one of those go to, well, what is it that the Holy Spirit wants me to do? How, I just want to awaken. That's all I care about. So how can I get there? And I feel like even though flower essences and working with nature spirits and devas might be considered magical, I still feel like the Holy Spirit is behind it and it's a way to communicate with me. And I really want to um, get a power in this. I want to build that bridge and somehow connect. Um, when I was studying the course, they were saying that we. I'm going to read something from section three it's part of time and eternity in chapter 15 about joining with god and start now to practice your little part in separating out the holy instant you will receive very specific instructions as you go along to learn to separate out the single second and begin to experience it as timeless is to begin to experience yourself as not separate Fear not that you will not be given help in this. God's teacher and his lesson will support you and your strength. It is only your weakness that will depart you from this practice, for it is the practice of the power of God in you. And it kind of goes on, but it's like, I feel like awakening is a practice. And it goes on to say that there is a deep responsibility you owe yourself, and one which you must learn to remember all the time. For your function is not little, It is only by finding your function and fulfilling it that you can escape from the littleness. And I feel like I've, when I was meditating in my early 20s and the energy would come up and it would get blocked and I would freak out, it kind of patterned me to be afraid. And I've always had this thing of like the boogeyman and some like something that's going to come get me, which is totally an ego example. And me wanting to hear and connect with my higher self and and Jesus, Holy Spirit, whatever, and wanting guidance. Like guidance comes in all kinds of ways. It isn't necessarily a person in front of you or a nature spirit showing up as an owl for a voice, but it does come in different ways. And I know for me, it comes in all those ways. A song, reading an article, a conversation with somebody there's guidance and I feel like I just want to trust that and always be giving away any fear because the fear has been there and I feel like it's the fear that's been blocking me so I feel like there's this whole thing behind the fear there's this whole world this whole energy it's love it's it's God and I want to get there it is a responsibility and it's within me and I can work through the fear because I just keep giving it over to the Holy Spirit. How often do you feel like you have to do that? Is that constant, this whole fear thing that you're giving over to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I'd say every day. I mean, this whole life is a fear. The whole reason we're here is fear. The whole world is fear. I, I don't think I have the emotion of fear very often. Well, it shows up in different ways. It could be jealousy. It could be, you know, not feeling good enough. It could be, for me, like wanting to connect with my higher self and getting blocked through an energy like I want to work with my electrical circuits that's why I'm going to start working with the flower essences again and we'll see what happens but fear just shows up in all kinds of ways it could be my being afraid of my boss and being uncomfortable and wondering how it's going to turn out before they've even gotten there I'm spinning off on a fear 
Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of like anxiety. Exactly. It shows up in all formats, depression, like food, addictions to food. Like I really got present to how much I love food and I do use it as an emotional comfort. And I've known that all along, but it's like sometimes you forget, you remember, you forget, you remember. And it's like, ah, yeah. You know, after drinking wine for six days in a row over the Christmas break, it's like, I couldn't do it anymore. I'm glad that I don't have that addictive part of me, but it was fun to do. And then it was like, okay, I can feel it. Like it doesn't settle with me well. I need to not drink so much. That's how I am. I will drink for a while and then, you know, I'll get a massive headache and it's like, okay, fair enough. It's my body saying, hey, I'm too toxic. Yeah. You need to stop. It's like our body talks to us. Mm -hmm. Even though the body's not real Mm -hmm. and kinesiology is used with the body, um, I think that because nature, we are of nature, our bodies are made from nature, minerals and, you know, rocks and bones and, you know, our fiber and everything is like from the plant world and it animal world and that there's something there in nature that can be healing for us and I've always dreamed of being in nature I mean this is my dream to go and do that that whole quote when I saw that documentary with that artist his name was Wayne Wright he said follow your heart and your pleasure in art and I always wonder what exactly is my art I mean I know I like to paint and knit and do weaving and stuff like that I like food arts and stuff but I think really the most ultimate example is gardening. I just love yeah. gardening. I think my art is the word. I think it's writing. I mm-hmm. think it's reading. That's that's my art. So it's not, you know, a visual art. Mm-hmm. Not the most artistic that way. But I think a very creative thinker. That's kind of like my jam. Yeah. And then another step would be like, how can the Holy Spirit use the body to help us awaken and create, truly create versus from the ego making, trying to make an outcome or make some dream happen that it's just a stupid dream. I do find you were talking about food and food addiction and things like that. One of my favorite podcasts, Jocko Podcast, Jocko Willink is a uh, retired Navy SEAL and he has said before he doesn't even eat breakfast in the morning ever. And he just sees food simply as fuel, and that's it. And then there was another guy, Tim Ferriss. He's pretty famous now. He wrote the Four Hour Work Week. He's got a probably the number one or number two podcast out there these days. And Tim Ferriss did a book called Tools of the Titans, where he looked at all these really amazing people, and he found commonality amongst them. And one of them, interesting statistic, something like forty four percent of these high performers, all men, didn't eat breakfast. Interesting. And I thought, all men. Do they drink coffee? They might drink coffee, but generally speaking, they just don't have anything until lunch. Do they drink lots of water? Uh, yeah, they do. Like, Mikey is of that format. I yeah. think that would be okay to say, Mikey, hi, um, drinks tons of water, and then just does, like, a lot of vegetables and proteins That's later true. in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mikey Lemieux, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> I think we, no we need to see him again. We need to get another dose of monkey. In August, hopefully, if Gary and Cindy go up there. Oh, well, I'm hoping we can see him sooner than that. Yes. Because I think last year we saw him a number of times. So we'll see. I mean, we also would like to get up there to uh, Oregon for our own reasons. It would be nice to... Scout our Mayberry properties. Our Mayberry. <laughs> Mayberry, Oregon. <laughs> exactly. Rain and all. I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll see. We're on a land kick. Mm-hmm. It's all about land. 
Yep. They don't make it anymore. I'm hoping in 2017, not only will we acquire land, but we will also see Mikey Lemieux. Yes. So we have goals. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I think we are done with this particular podcast. Looking forward to the next one, hopefully in a few weeks. And I really hope that we stop raining in California so you can do more gardening. I just want to remind everyone to keep going within and connecting with God because peace really does lie within us and it does take some will to cultivate it. And the times we're living in right now, I would rather choose peace than fear. Amen. And on that note, thank you very much, listeners. We will see you in a few weeks. Good night. Good night.